Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. So the Knicks are in the dirty soft take on the Atlanta Hawks. Knicks and the Hawks split two games at Madison Square Garden earlier this season. The last game these two teams played a little was a little weird because Jonte Murray uh, went out. They had, uh, I think John, John Collins didn't play that game either. So the Knicks just throttled the Hawks in that second game. The Knicks. In the first game, had a big lead that they blew in the first half, and the Hawks ended up blowing them out in that game. That was with everybody healthy. This will be the third of four matchups this season. Next two will be in Atlanta, starting with Friday. Atlanta is hot. They've won four straight. They've won five out of six. But Trey Young and Bogdan Bogdanovich right now listed as questionable for uh, for Friday's game. That was as of Thursday. So we'll see what those guys' the situation is. Young's been dealing with the sore ankle for uh, about a month now, it feels like. Uh, Bogdanovich's been dealing with a knee, which is something he's also been dealing with. So those injuries seem to be more kind of day-to-day situations. And uh, if they feel great, they play. Maybe if they don't, they don't. But I would anticipate they probably play, given they played, I believe, in the last game. Definitely Trey Young played in the last game. Uh, just we talked a lot about Mitch, and maybe we'll end the Mitch conversation here. How does Mitchell Robinson loss hurt, particularly in this matchup with the Hawks? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Capella's, you know, going to look to run free. Um, yeah. A couple quick things on the Hawks. Yes, um, so Young t- tweaked his ankle the first quarter in the win over the Mavericks on Wednesday, had to uh, exit the game, actually, but came back in and played his full complement of minutes, finished with 18 points, 12 assists. Um, interestingly, Young has re- kind of throttled back his field goal attempts um, and, and kind of looked to distribute more, not shooting as many threes as well of late. Um, maybe that's kind of a, a concession to Coach McMillan. And there's been some some belly aching um, behind the scenes in Atlanta, um, you know, DeJounte Murray, et cetera. So maybe this is his way of kind of, you know, trying to be a leader and trying to get everyone involved. Um, that's one thing I'll keep an eye on. Um, uh, Bogey also played over 30 minutes last two games for, for the Hawks. But, um, you know, as, as EJ mentioned, he's dealing with a bit of a knee injury. So um, we're recording this Friday morning, obviously immensely important, um, but I would expect definitely young to play. Um, we'll, we'll see if Bogey maybe sits out um, for Atlanta. Um, but yeah. And, and then just looking at the schedule, Things can get a little scary here for the Knicks. Like if, if if we're looking at the big picture, obviously they're come they're they're riding a two game losing streak. Head to Atlanta tonight, out to Toronto on Sunday in Toronto. That's not a good matchup as we've talked about in the past. Come home next week to play Cleveland, then head out to Boston, um, then play the Nets. We'll see. Uh, you know, it's at, most likely KD will still be out, but um, you know you got Kyrie and the guys. 
LA, LA comes to the garden um, at the end of January. Um, then you got the Heat, the Clippers, and the Sixers during a, a four-game home stretch. So um, no Mitch Robinson at, through all those games. A lot of teams over 500. As we talked about yesterday, up to this point in the season, Knicks have had the fourth easiest schedule. Over the rest of the season, Knicks have the second toughest schedule in the NBA. Played the Celtics three more times. They play the Nuggets. They play the Sixers two more times. Um, there's a lot of difficult matchups on the horizon. You don't have Mitch Robinson. You have a worn and weary, you know, starting, you know, because the Knicks basically have six starters. Their six guys um, have really, you know, been kind of pushed to the limit. Um, we'll see how this kind of plays itself out. But um, one good thing going for New York, most, you know, off, you know, for most teams, you'd say, uh, they got to go on the road. It's going to be the Knicks have been much better away from Madison yeah. Square Garden this season. So maybe getting down to to eight, getting down to the ATL, um, you know, two straight games on the road might be what the doctor what the doctor ordered. Obviously, um, you know, the, 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 those matchups with the Hawks added a little increased intensity as well. We know that there's some animosity between them and the Raptors, so should be a good test. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how the Knicks bounce back during this two game set this weekend. Yeah. For some reason, I feel like the Knicks are going to play really well in this game. I think that last game they played against the Wizards, I kind of think they were almost looking ahead to this road trip coming up, this kind of short road trip, because they have two teams that they know they have beef with, essentially. You know, it's always going to be on site with the Hawks. The Raptors and them clearly have some animosity, and they had just beaten the Wizards the week before. So I think that outside of fatigue, which I think also played a factor. I think uh, there was a lack of focus that went into the last Wizards game because they knew what was coming up. Now, Mr. Robinson is going to be out for this game, which is a huge loss. But I think that you, at least to start, you may see the Knicks kind of show some fight and show some grit. And and I expect them to play fairly well in this one because of that. Uh, they know the Hawks are playing well. The Hawks are now just a game and a half behind the Knicks, who now are in the seventh spot. They're uh, essentially tied with the Heat for the sixth spot with the Heat. As of right now, have the um, have the tiebreak, which I think would be conference record. I would assume at this point. So, so you know, the, the Knicks, I think, know what they have in front of them, which is going to be a, a tall task. But I think that they'll play well. I think in regards to how this hurts them in this game without Mitch. Look, we know Mitch's ability to 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 kind of play drop coverage and be a threat to Trey Young in that floater game in the pick and roll game has been instrumental to the Knicks having any chance of slowing him down. So not having him out there is a huge loss. We'll see if Hardenstein and Sims can be up to the challenge. I, I tend to think that if Trey's feeling good, he'll probably have a really big night tonight. But his key for the Knicks is going to be to make sure these other guys don't get off. I mean, really, you know, in that first game they played this season with uh, the Fox, Hawks fully healthy, Trey Young had a good game. But to me, it was DeJounte Murray who kind of took the game over. It was DeJounte Murray who uh, was a, a massive impact both uh, offensively and defensively. The Hawks, like a lot of teams, went to zone in that game, and Dante Murray was a pass, and he got uh, a lot of deflections and steals. The Hawks, I expect, will go to zone at some point in this game as well. The Knicks will have to handle that better. But they're going to have to handle Murray because despite what's been a disappointing Hawks season up until this four-game win streak, I think he's played well for really this entire season. Yeah, no question. He was a, and he was a stud. Uh, he, he really showed out in, in that first game of the Garden. Um, and also, th there are some matchup issues. DeAndre Hunter is an ex excellent defender. Um, we know he gave Julius Randle infamously 
uh, gave him a lot of trouble in that series, that that, for, that playoff series um, back in 2020, I guess it was now 21. Yeah. Um, and and he's you know uh, he's another guy that that you, that you got to worry about. John Collins finally looks like he's you know back on track um, and, and and contributing like you know that 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 that, that the Hawks hoped he would when they when they gave him 125 million dollar contract. It sounded like they were. Um, potentially exploring trade opportunities and, and, and certainly still may. Um, but he, but he looks like he's playing his best ball this season of late. Um, they have the, the center combination of a who started at center uh, Wednesday against the Mavs and, and Capella coming off the bench. Um, AJ Griffin's a, a solid contributor. Um, and, you know, and just, it, it, it just kind of goes to show and, you know, some, some other, you know, um, as we talked about in the past, the, the only guy to play more than 34 minutes, thir- 35 minutes was, was Murray who played 37, but Hunter mm-hmm. 25, uh, Bogey played 32, Capella 22, Okongwu 24, Griffin played 22. So they have a kind of an even minutes distribution. So it's not like if you survive their starting unit, you can take advantage of the bench unit. Um, they, they do a good job of yeah. kind of balancing their, their rosters throughout the game. So, um, and that's an example of a team that played essentially an eight man, an eight man rotation. Cause Johnson only played six minutes in that game. And still, their minutes didn't get out of control. Like, because they gave John Griffin a lot of time. They gave, you know, Bogey's always going to play a lot of minutes. And Capella played his 23, 24 minutes off the bench. Like, you know, I would hope that someone could maybe, you know, print this box score, give the tip and say, hey, you know, just because you're playing nine men in a rotation doesn't mean that Brunson and Randall have to play 40, you know, that, and then, you know, or IQ has to play, you know, 35 or 36 off the bench. Like, you can find a way to, to balance this out and, you know, I, you know, it, that just looking at this box score is actually really fascinating. Cause I'm like, wow, they really played a lot of guys, you know, decent amount of minutes and they didn't kill anybody. Murray, they pushed a little bit, but 38 is not crazy. And they only played nine guys and the other guy, Johnson, uh, only played six minutes. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's funny. It's funny as our, we record this podcast, our producer, uh, James Jackson uh, puts in the chat, uh, men's police are back. <laughs> this was unintentional. We're just talking about the game. But I, I couldn't help but look at the way this box score broke down and been like, wow, there's another team that plays a nine-man rotation, and they seem to do it just fine. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, and also the the, uh, the usage distribution, the shot distribution. Um, you know, if you look at just this month alone, um, if you go to the players, let me break it down just by – uh, in January, uh, as I'm waiting for this to pull up, they don't have a single player averaging more than 17 shots, at, you know, shots a game. Um, mm-hmm. Murray's, you know, right around that same mark as Trey Young. Again, Trey Young has kind of slid his, you know, his 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 scales back a little bit in in terms of trying to get up too many shots. Um, you know, that's another thing where you can kind of. You know, you don't have to rely on just two guys. Obviously, Trey Young's capable uh, of scoring 40 any given night, um, but they have done a good job of, of you know, kind of, it, especially during this 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 current winning streak of do, of kind of balancing the the, the offense a little bit. Um, you know, last eight games, Murray's averaging fewer than 16 shots. Hunter 12.8 shots. Bogey 12 shots. John Collins 11.4 shots. Capella 8.5 shots. Uh, Murray 17.4. So they've done a, a better job of finding a balance you get once you get guys involved offensively it keeps them you know more engaged defensively and that's you know usually a sign for success and it's led to um a, a far better you know rate of return on uh, in terms of win percentage for atlanta i think a i think a kind of an unsung x factor for this game will be quentin grimes i think the hawks 
will try to hide, you know, oftentimes they try to hide Trey Young on off guards or wings that they know aren't threats. It is, it is essential. Uh, uh, it is uh, important. Um, I couldn't find the right word there. It is definitely important for the Knicks to make sure that they are not allowed to hide Trey Young into Quentin Grimes and don't get Quentin Grimes involved in the offense. Like Quentin Grimes, to me, he's going to be very important in this game and, and the Knicks' ability to get some shots with him, get him involved in some offensive action, make Trey work defensively because, you know, they'll probably put Murray on, on Brunson. Also, it will help Brunson a little bit. Like, Brunson won't necessarily have to have such a, a huge load offensively. I think Emmanuel quickly also be important as well because it quickly comes to the game and they maybe they try to hide Trey Young on too quickly. I think Nixon won't have much of a problem getting quickly shots. Quickly seems to always be able to get his shots. But I think making sure that Grimes is involved in the offense is going to be important. He's still playing really well, even though his, shot, his shots have gone down with R.J. Barrett coming back. Like, you want to see him – get more shots, get more involved with the offense. I think that's going to be very important tonight. Nothing frustrated me more during that Hawks series than the Knicks' refusal to attack Trey Young defensively and make him work on that end, maybe draw fouls, at least wear him out a little yeah. bit. Um, and that's something Grimes definitely has the ability to do. Um, one of the most frustrating numbers of this entire season for, for me personally is Usher's Grimes' use. Quentin Grimes usage rate 14 percent um you know that's that's less than Cam Reddish that's less than Evan Fournier um that number should be far far higher um it's that's you know whether it's ending whether it's Grimes shooting threes I'm very happy to see it when the players close out he's if not the best interior passer when he puts the ball and gets into the paint um you know, him and Brunson are right up there and, and Randall's done a better job of late, but he just is it's so good at, at finding with Mitch Rob out, you know, hopefully Harden's not gonna be able to finish those. Mitch Rob obviously is great at, at finishing lobs and, and quick catches yep. around the rim, has very good hands. Um but yeah, just you're you're 100 right. It it just so happens that this game it, it has the added benefit of making Trey Young and or Dejounte Murray, whoever is checking the Grimes at that end of the floor, uh, exert a little more energy, a little more effort. Um, and and Murray's an ex excellent defender, one of the best perimeter guards in the league. Um, but yeah, at least make them work on that end. Um, and again, it has the dual purpose of lightening the load on Randall and and Brunson and RJ, um, which which benefits the Knicks both in the short term, that particular game, and big picture-wise. Nixon Hawks, 7.30 in the A. Before we uh, move on from this, I did want to bring this up briefly, because I don't know if you saw Did you see uh, Jonte Murray? I guess he was on the All the Smoke podcast talking about his time in uh, San Antonio. I want you guys to hear this, because I saw these comments, and I was, I was intrigued by them. It, it did interest me. He's talking about his time playing with the San Antonio Spurs. So here's John T. Murray talking about that. They bring in a point guard from Argentina mm -hmm. that's close with Manu, playing in front of me. And my, I'm, beside, I'm behind Tony, Patty, but they playing these mind games. They trying to see if they could break me. Not knowing you can't break They want me. you to break yourself. They want you to break yeah. yourself. You know what I'm saying? Man, bro, this is too much, bro. I'm like, what did they put me through, bro? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I start hearing your name. Steve Jack went through a lot of BS. Obviously, we know you. I know you cold. So you ain't got to tell me you cold. <laughs> Come on, bro. People don't realize, bro. I went through so much there. Like, I was there six years. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it don't seem like he was there that long mm -hmm. either. It doesn't. I feel like, really, like, 
and they know I feel this way. I feel like they really like they drafted me, but they feel like the stuff that was going around the air of me coming from the hood and not out of die that I was gonna make it in entourage 30 people. Yeah. Smoking, drinking, and articles about fighting, just ruining their reputation and what they stand for as a Spurs. You know, I think that's what they thought, but they never said that. You know what I mean? Just from the stuff I had to go through, like, and when they seen like he need a chance and this motherfucker be in the gym, like they start having to kick me out the gym. Like when they said you got access 24 hours every day, knowing I wasn't playing. So I'm like, um, lace them up. Like we to the gym, gym. You know what I mean? That was just every day. And obviously I start growing first year go by, you know, throwing in the fire in the playoffs versus the Rockets. Then my second year, they see I come back. Obviously getting stronger, getting better. And then that was the year I took the job from Tony. Mm-hmm. Pop about us in the office. You know what I mean? He told Tony, Tony ain't like it. I know he ain't like it. You know he ain't like it. You know what I'm saying? That's like for boy. me, I love real. Like keep it a buck with me. Yeah. Like keep it a hundred, bro. I'm a I'ma love you for that. You know what I mean? And I know he didn't like it. You feel me? Because if he liked it, he would have mentored me the way he should have. Right. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have went to Charlotte. He would have stayed right there. You feel what I'm saying? So a lot there from Murray talking about his time with the Spurs. And it was weird because when he got traded, he it, it made it sound like, oh, it was, you know, it was uh, it was very cordial and both sides were very happy with the deal and happy that with their time together. And there Murray talking about all his trials and tribulations going through playing for one of the best organizations in the NBA. And man, I don't know. I like. And here's what I'll say, like, as a guy who I've always, I've often said, I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I am King Petty. Like, I'm all, I'm all for being petty. I'm all for also manufacturing things needed for motivation. I just listened to that commentary from him, and I'm just like, okay, like, so you had to work for your spot as a late first-round pick, and you had to sit behind Tony Parker. This was... The, the the this was a terrible thing you went through playing for the San Antonio Spurs. I don't know what I was supposed to take from that. I mean, I I loved hearing that he you know he essentially outworked everybody, and you know there's no reason to doubt that he's a hard worker. We've seen how much he's improved his game, but even then talking about oh Tony should have just stayed here and, and mentored me. Like I don't know, dude. Like I remember when Tony Parker won a championship for the San Antonio Spurs, and they were trying to get Jason Kidd. Like, they were trying to bring Jason Kidd and get Tony Parker out of there. Jason Kidd thought he was going to be a San Antonio Spur in free agency. And to hear, you know, Josh Murray being like, oh, they brought some Argentinian guard, and I didn't know if I was going to get any playing time my, my rookie year. I'm like, bro, this is the league. This is a competitive game. This is an organization that's trying to win championships. No, maybe they didn't think a 19-year-old kid would come in and be ready to contribute. So, I don't know. I, I got a lot of the motivation that, for that be, helped him become a great player in that I just didn't understand the uh the entitlement that I heard from Murray there yeah I I, I think when DeJounte Murray's 33 34 35 or whatever and wherever he's at in his career and they bring in a sec a late first round pick to take his job I'm sure like you can't get to the NBA and you can't have the success that Tony Parker had without being competitive and right. uber you know aggressive and, and wanting to keep your spot um, so I don't have a major issue with that. Um, when the player's in-house and he's part of your team, I guess it's a little different story. Um, 
Steven Jackson would go on later in that clip to call Tony Parker the most selfish teammate he's ever played with, um, which was a, 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 a loud statement. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's Steven Jackson, so take it with a grain of salt. He's a character in and of himself, and, um, you know, I'm sure he wants to uh, generate some interest in his podcast and, and more power to him. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it sounded like there was some some definite animosity towards, towards Tony Parker there. But, yeah, you're right, finals MVP, et cetera. And it is a business, as you mentioned, they have a chance to improve or upgrade but i will say this as far as popovich goes and we gave him his flowers uh earlier uh in an earlier pod back when the knicks played the spurs one of the best coaches in nba history one of the best coaches in north american sports history um his record yeah. speaks for itself that being said since letting you know Kawhi leonard walk out the door and getting very little in return they've lost the jante murray maybe they hit you know with 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 or scoot henderson or they bring somebody in this year um but there's there's the, the the recent history in san antonio is not encouraging if you're a spurs fan in terms of keeping and maintaining talent Kawhi leonard has a whole boatload of issues that that certainly you know they didn't want to be in the Kawhi business you know whether he didn't want to be there whatever the whatever the issue was um but that that didn't work out well so it's just it, you know it, it, we we gave the spurs a ton of credit for that dynastic run that they had um they've fallen upon some hard times and we'll see if they can dig their way out but they haven't had a great track record with the players they've drafted and they've done great at drafting these guys we'll see yeah. if they you know how they turn it around going forward yeah, and I've been one of the people that have been saying, essentially, I don't know what the Spurs are doing as an organization for years now. I think that they've been really spinning their spinning their wheels since the Kawhi Leonard trade happened. So, not necessarily, they not, have not necessarily been a model organization in the last four years. Um, so, again, Murray may have said that. Well, maybe, I, I don't know if he's quite said that, but you know, credit to him.